where I play as long as I go number one in the draft. From the Erie Otters, Connor McDavid. From the London Knights, Mitch Marner. From the Washington Hockey League's Brandon Wheat Kings, Nolan Patrick. This is Tracking the Draft with Craig Button. He checks an enormous amount of boxes. Nobody in this draft did more with less. I absolutely love him. It's not his skills that anybody's concerned about. It's that playing attitude. And quite frankly, it's really poor. Speeding towards the future of the NHL. From the U.S. Development Program, Jacob Truba. From Faryastad of the Swedish Elite League, Jonas Brodin. From the Boston U Terriers, Brady Kachuk. He could play in the NHL next year. He's one of those guys. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 8 of Tracking the Draft. My name is Dean Millard, and the Director of Scouting for TSN, Craig Button, will be along very shortly, as this is the place where the stars of tomorrow are discovered and discussed and uh, three of the stars of tomorrow we will be discussing on today's show are jack hughes uh, of northeastern university and hockey east uh, he's a member of pipeline prospects ranked 32 on the craigslist antonin vero a left winger out of gatineau in the qmjhl fantalytica.tech and he's ranked 60th on the Craigslist. And in Time Machine today, we'll go back to the 2021 draft. Zachary Bolduke of the Quebec Ramparts, a member of Duckman's Domination. We were very excited uh, to select him uh, in last year's draft. He went 17th overall in the NHL draft in 2021. So we will be discussing all of those um, players with Craig Button as we go along and craig joins us courtesy of the uff or ufhl hotline you can become a scout in the ufhl and you can track the same players that craig does in this format you own the game so get in the game at www.uffsports.com and that is where sports nfts come to play you can find all the information find out how to become a scout and you can scout in all sports that we have when you are linked up on uff sports so some really exciting stuff happening at uff sports and of course some uh, really exciting stuff happening every time we bring craig button on the program now of course tracking the draft with craig button is just one of the many shows that we have on Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. And if you want to get involved with that, contact us at ufsn at uffsports.com. Just send us an email. If you have a fantasy show that you'd like to get on our network, on our YouTube channel and our podcast network, we would love to chat with you. More great programming coming from UFSN podcast, video, so much is going to be happening. You will want to get on this train for sure. So check it out, UFSN at UFFsports.com to email us and get more information on how you can get your fantasy sports show on our network. All right, let's bring him in right now, the Director of Scouting for TSN, Mr. Craig Button. Here he 
is the director of scouting for TSN, former GM of the Calgary Flames, and a Stanley Cup champion with the Dallas Stars. Plus, he's a sharp-dressed man with a heart of gold and a passion to match it. Craig Button. Craig, we have heard the Hughes name a lot when it comes to the <laughs> NHL draft, and we've talked about the Hughes brothers and you know what they had as far as the competition. We're talking about Jack Hughes today in our top shelf, but a different Jack Hughes. There, there's Hughes coming out everywhere, but this Jack Hughes also has a pretty good connection to the game of hockey. Uh, his father was an agent, now the GM of the Montreal Canadiens, and he's trying to make a name for himself as well. And when we look at Jack Hughes, he's a center with Northeastern and Hockey East. Pipeline Prospects has this uh, superstar in the making. Five goals, five assists in 27 games, and he's ranked number 32 on the Craigslist. And I know he spent some time with the U.S. National Development Program. What do you see when you watch this Jack Hughes? Well, what I see is, is a player that's that's really smart, really competitive, and is going to play in, in different parts of your lineup uh, to help you. Penalty killing, you know, I see him as, a, as more of a third-line type player. You know, could he be, could he move up into a second-line role and provide some offense? Yeah. You know, Nick Foligno was a, was a first-round draft pick. Uh, and, you know, Nick, you know, played left wing, could play center, right? I, I don't think Jack is as rugged as Nick Foligno, but I, I think when you look at what Nick Foligno provides uh, in, in, in his play, you know, that's the type of player you're getting in Jack Hughes. You know, you're, you're, you're getting a player that's, that, that's purposeful, that's diligent, that, that can play in those different spots. He's not going to get pushed out of the game when it becomes hard. Uh, you, you know, he'll chip in some offense. But, but I don't see him as a frontline player. You know, interestingly enough, you know, you go back and you look at, uh, you know, with his father, Kent, now the new GM in Montreal, you, you look at Montreal's uh, first round draft pick a few years back in Ryan Palin. And, you know, that's almost who I would compare Jack Hughes to, you know, a Ryan Palin type player. And what is Ryan Palin? I, I think Ryan's exactly what I just described. And, you know, you can, people can say, wow, maybe he's not, uh, he hasn't turned out to be as good as they, as they thought. Well, it, it all depends how you're projecting a player. You know, a, a real big problem in scouting, and when I say problem, maybe that's a too, too, too strong a word, challenges, is over-projecting. Because mm -hmm. when you over-project, what happens is, is you create expectations. And now when those expectations aren't met, that there becomes uh, inherently the potential for uh, the, the potential for disappointment. Now, is that fair? Is that fair that you should be disappointed because you overprojected? You know, and and players are always trying to be the very best they can be. They're always trying to live up to the expectations. You know, and I and 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 I think about you know different players at different points in time. I, I think of Louis LeBlanc who was a first-round draft pick to the Montreal Canadiens. I mean, a terrific competitor. You know, he, he he wanted to go the college route, went and played in Omaha, went to Harvard, 
And then the Montreal Canadiens decided, no, 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 you got to play junior hockey. He never wanted to play junior hockey, but he wanted to please the Montreal Canadiens because why? They've drafted you, you feel compelled, you're young, you don't have the same uh, maturation level to stand up and say no. That doesn't mean you're weak, you're, that's just where you're at. You know, Louis LeBlanc was failed by the Montreal Canadiens because of their own idea of what they thought he was. Louis LeBlanc didn't fail. The Montreal Canadiens failed Louis LeBlanc. And so that's the problem with over-projecting. And it, it happens all the time, Dean. And that happens all the time. And you better be careful about over-projecting. There's going to be 32 first-round draft picks. And I can tell you what, after the first, I don't know, you can call it whatever, six, seven, maybe there's eight, four, I don't know. I can tell you what, if you get a regular player, a player that plays regularly in your lineup in the first round, you better be damn happy. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on all of that, especially when you take those failed projections of the player and put them on to the player and say, now this is, we yeah. think you're going to be this player. And, and the player doesn't have that skill set. It's a really, really dangerous combination. So it's so important to not only be able to assess the player, but also realistically project what that player might turn into and, you know, over time uh, with, with development. Now, he, I mentioned he spent some time with the U.S. national program and now has moved on to, uh, to the university and, and the Division I level. And that's just another uh, stepping stone where he's going to have to learn kind of where he fits in and how he fits in and, and what type of player he is. We've seen lots of times offensive players, when they get to the next level, have to almost you know, uh, is it redesign their game a little bit or just, you know, model their game to what it actually is as opposed to what maybe they thought it was going to be? Does that make any sense? Oh, that makes total sense, Dean. It, it, it's very well said. And, and again, as you move up the levels, you know, what you were at a previous level doesn't necessarily mean you're going to produce points. Keep this in mind about Jack Hughes. He's never been a big, huge point producer. Like, you know, so what? You're going to move up the levels and you're going to become a point producer? Like, really? I don't think so. <laughs> like, I joke about this all the time. NHL teams are drafting players that have been really good players at the levels below them. They don't draft a five-goal scorer and say, we think he'll score 40 in the NHL. They draft 50-goal scorers and hope they'll score 35 in the NHL. You know, and that's the projection. So when you go back and look at what Jack, Jack's a good player. He's a good, solid player. He's a really good prospect. Don't get me wrong here. He's never been a big offensive producer. <laughs> like, you know, I go back last year and I look back into the National Team Development Program, his cohort. You know, you look at Sasha Pashajov. You look at Dylan Duke. They, they were really good offensive players. I mean, Sasha, I think, got drafted in the third round. Dylan was in the fourth or fifth round, right? Go back and look at how they produced. And, you know, they're going to have to find their way producing as offensive players, maybe change their, maybe add other elements to their game. Jack just has to be who he is. And just because you're a first-round draft pick doesn't change who you are. And I think that that is critically important for uh, teams to understand because when you start to over-project, that's when you run into problems because you, you create expectations. And when you create unrealistic expectations, how can there not inevitably be disappointment? It, it, it's inevitable that you can't. I'll give you an example, too. I'll share a little story with you here. A couple of years ago, uh, there, there, there was a player coming in the draft. I'll tell you who it was. It was Justin Barron. And I used Matt Niskanen as his comparable type. Well, I got a call from, from, from his agent go, wow, geez, you, you, you know, geez, it seems like Justin should have a better comparable than Matt Niskanen. I went, what? 
a better comparable than Matt Niskanen? Matt Niskanen won a Stanley Cup, was on the cusp of almost playing 1,000 games. He did retire or he would have played 1,000 games. Really good, solid NHL defenseman for almost 1,000 games. And and you, you think comparing, like, Justin Barron to Matt Niskanen was a slight? Give me a break. <laughs> Yeah, and, and that's where those expectations, and sometimes people are too close to the situation and they and they can't see it, but, you know, an NHL career is an incredible accomplishment. And it's, it's listen, it's not 32 Hart Trophy winners that are drafted in the first round. NHL teams <laughs> are looking for specific players. And just like UFHL teams, you know, Jack Hughes sounds like a really good all-around player, responsible, uh, as you mentioned, kills penalty, probably gets in some takeaways, um, you know, and, and has a good plus-minus if he's on a good team. And, and that's a stat category, despite me trying to get rid of it but it also means he can fill out multiple categories and he might not be the highest scoring guy but in fantasy just like in real hockey if you do other things well and contribute in other areas you can be a valuable member of that team no matter where you play in the lineup i played i played football okay and i love football okay and i I remember playing on the defensive side i was a cornerback on the defensive side and I remember our coach and he, he would talk about, you know, great play button, great play button, you sealed the edge. I, I, I never made the tackle, but I allowed the tackle to be made. I allowed, the, I allowed the play to move into the middle where our linebackers and everybody could make the play inside, right? Like it, 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 it didn't show up as anything, but from a coaching point of view, the coach knew that that was really valuable. You know, we can look at the stats and go goals, assists, points, whatever you want, right? There's a lot of different areas. You, you think the quarterback can make the play if, if, if his offensive line isn't blocking? Like, you, 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 there's so many different aspects to, in, in the team game of hockey that are critically important to success. And my point is, is that Jack Hughes has a lot of those attributes. Understand what he is, understand what he can be, projected help him be that and 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 don't put unrealistic expectations on the player because when you start to do that the players start to feel pressure oh i gotta do this i gotta score i gotta do this no you don't you just gotta be who you are yeah and and many of uh players have uh, carved out a terrific career doing just that let's get to the next wave now antonin varro left winger with gatineau in the qmjhl fantalytica.tech uh, drafted or listed this prospect, eight goals, 18 assists in 30 games and ranked number 60 on the Craigslist. Now, when I read about this player, the first thing that I've read in a bunch of different things is hockey IQ or how he thinks the game, um, you know, his visions, those sort of things. Do those stand out to you when you watch Antonin? Yes, they do, Dean. And, you know, I think those are real, uh, you know, significant attributes in his game. I think that that's what allows him to have success, you know, and, and, and the hockey sense and, and, and the hockey IQ, you know, it, you know, it's not just understanding the game. It's about being able to play the game in motion. It's about as, as plays are developing and, 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 and you're moving through these different sequences of plays, it's about, okay, I can attack here or I need to make that play there. You know, I need to give up the puck or I need to demand the puck. You know, there's so many different elements that you have to be able to do on the move. And, and Antonin does that very well. The fact is, 
the fact that he's not a big player requires him to make sure that he doesn't get tied up unnecessarily in, in the mosh pit, I'll call it. That's Ray Ferraro's word for congested areas and, and you know, the traffic areas. It doesn't mean you don't go into traffic at the right time, but don't get in there unnecessarily where you get bogged down and, and, and where you get caught up. And Antonin is very, very good. Move the puck, get back to the open ice. He knows how to create open ice. He knows how to keep uh, uh, create space for himself. He knows how to keep space for himself. The key with Anton, and I think he's very creative, and I think he's a, a, a really good competitor. The key with Antonin to me is that you're going to have to be really patient with him as he physically matures. Like, I think by the time he's 21, 22 years of age and, you know, he, he, he's gone through that maturation process physically, he, he, he's going to be able to handle the rigors and some of the demands a little bit better. And, and I think that will enhance his game. You know, when you but, but when you watch him play, you, you see a creative player, you see a smart player, you see somebody that creates offense. And, you know, when when, when you're projecting again, we, we talk about over projecting. You also have to project wh wh where a player's, uh, you know, development path is and what that timeline is. And I think for Anton and like it is for the vast majority of players, it's going to be longer rather than shorter. But if you're evaluating that and you're accepting of that and you recognize the skill attributes he has, you have a chance to have a player that could be really good once he's in that 21-22 uh, age category. Yeah, number two pick in the uh, 2020 Quebec Major League Junior Hockey League draft, uh, rookie of the offensive rookie of the year. So he certainly knows how to to get it done. And and I like that. We always talk about you know not scouting with the tape measure. That doesn't mean you don't acknowledge the player size. You acknowledge right. how he plays with that size. And that's a really good point. Is not getting bogged down, not getting caught up, not you know not going and trying to run guys over all the time. If that's not your game, <laughs> let somebody else do that. Pick up the puck and then be part of your game you're exactly right yeah yeah i'm gonna go back to my football you don't want the wide receiver being the left left tackle and protecting the blind side for your quarterback <laughs> because yeah. if, if you're asking your wide receiver to do that your, your quarterback is going to be uh, in a whole lot of trouble and it's the same thing with with, with, with understanding what a player's table you need to acknowledge that you don't need to use it as your as your judgment you just need to factor in to, to, to how he manages whatever those skills are and, and the size and the physical package and, the, and everything that goes with it and go from there. Yeah, and, and continually improving, uh, whether that's development and, yep. and get on the right path. Is there a player that comes to mind when you watch Antonin? Well, when, uh, you know, when I, you know, having watched him for, for a couple of years now, you know, when I first watched him play, I, you know, you saw some of the similarities. Now, I, I don't want to, again, I don't want to start, you know, uh, going over the top here. But the way he played on the move, the way he hold, held the puck, his creativity, his mind, you know, it, it was like the way Patrick Kane plays. Now, Patrick Kane was the first overall pick. He's going to the Hall of Fame. He was a hard trophy. He's a great player. I, I'm not suggesting in any way that Antonin Vero can, can be Patrick Kane. I'm just saying he's he, he's got those elements in his game that allow him to, that, that, that gives me Patrick Kane as that type of a player. But we're talking real lowercase Patrick Kane. I'm just trying to give an example of a type. 
Yeah, and I like that uh, the the shiftiness, maybe the the skating, uh, the the creativity with the hands. Um, you know, there can be players that are uh, have those capabilities. They just don't do it at high end. Just like not everybody skates as fast with the puck like Connor McDavid. There are fast guys that skate with the puck, but they're just not all uh, at Patrick Kane or or Connor McDavid's level. So players can have those kind of attributes, and just not on the same level as those players. So you you're kind of seeing what the skill set might be with that player with that comparison well absolutely and, and and you talk about speed right like speed isn't just speed on its own like if you're speeding up the ice and you don't get open at the right time does your speed matter and and players that get open at the right time you know this player very very well mark stone like if you wanted to start taking out a stopwatch uh, to 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 time uh, Mark Stone's speed, you, you know it's not going to be very high. But when you watch Mark Stone play, you, you know he always showed up in the right places at the right times with the puck. Like the, you know that's mind speed, that's understanding, right? So like you know people get wow, look at him skate. Yeah, I've seen lots. As my good friend Tim Bernhardt often said about players. Yeah, they're really fast, and they're really good at getting nowhere fast. You don't want to be a fast skater that gets nowhere fast. Yeah, you can be fast but not know where to go, or you can be not the fastest oh. guy but get there before because you know the, the spot. And that that's a great description of Mark Stone. I remember the first time I was watching this guy thinking, at the first little bit, I'm, I'm obviously saw his skating wasn't as good, but then I kept seeing him in all the right spaces and all the right places, and and it, and it and it helps when you know where to go, even if you get there a little bit slower uh, than the next guy. Well, Craig joins us on the UFHL hotline. Scouting is a huge part of the platform, lifeblood of the franchises in the UFHL. Any free agent goes through a scout. So get in the game where you own the game. Start putting your scouting talent to good use, whether it's prospects or free agents. Become an independent scout or form a partnership with an existing franchise. Reach out for more information at UF, at the UFHL League on Twitter, and we can get you hooked up with uh, scouting or anything else that you might want to do when it comes to the UFHL or UFFS. All right, let's get into time machine now, and we're going back to 2021. Zachary Bolduc, a center with Quebec in the QMJHL, and this is a guy that we drafted, Duckman's Domination, uh, obviously based on a high recommendation from yourself. 15 goals, 21 assists, and 31 games this year, and he was drafted 17th overall last year. And, you know, when we look at our projections and we just we just talked about projections and you and I talk about projections with players all the time you know I throw a, a player out to you and say where do we think this guy or is another team is offering a player where do we think this guy is going you have been bullish and and consistent uh whenever I maybe rank Zachary Bolduke a little bit too low to make sure he's a high ranked first line player well, I like Zachary Bolduc. And the other thing I will remind you, Dean, and, and, and this is uh, this is something that's very important to me. You know, make sure that the good players that I've highly recommended, that, that, that you really focus in on those. The, the players that haven't turned out as well, don't, don't, don't say I highly recommended those guys. <laughs> Can we come to that agreement? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, we'll work that in. <laughs> so that being said, I, I want to just talk about Zachary and his cohort. And his cohort is the 2003 born players. Now, 
that was the draft that just occurred in 2021. And for those players right across Canada, right across the world, it, it was so challenging for them with the, with the, with the pandemic. You know, they're, they're young players getting shut down in March of 2020. You know, in some cases, players never got a chance to play in 2003 uh, or, or, or during the 21 or during the 2021 season. Zachary Bulldog was in a different scenario. There was starts and stops and pauses and everything. And, and, and he's been confronted with exactly the same thing again this year uh, because of the pandemic. So, you know, like I have so much admiration for how the players have, have stayed in a, in, in a state of preparedness, how they've worked on different areas of their game, uh, you, you know, to continue their development, to continue their advancement under under very, very uncertain circumstances and, and unpredictable circumstances. So that being said, I, I think Zachary is, is, is developing tremendously well. You know, a, a player that's as comfortable scoring a goal as he is setting up a teammate to score a goal. He's comfortable playing in the heavy body on body battles as he is playing in a free skating game. You know, he's got a really well-rounded approach to the game and, and he's got the attributes that allow him to play in the different types of games. You, you want to play a quick game, a fast game? Zachary can do that. You want to play in the, in, the, in the trenches and in the hard areas? Zachary can do that. You need a goal in and around the net? He can provide it. You need a good play where he tracks down a puck and understands who has a better chance to, to score. He can do those things. So when I look at Zachary Bolduc and I, I look at what the St. Louis Blues have in Zachary Bolduc, I think they have a really good, solid NHL player that's going to provide real meaningful production in many areas of their, of, of their team. And, you know, that's a team in St. Louis. That, that is really balanced and really well-rounded. Yeah, you have your Tarasenko's, but you have Braden Shen, who was a really good junior. You, you, you know, you have uh, Jordan Kairou. We talk about development and taking your time and understand that it might be a little bit longer path. Jake Neighbors from the Edmonton Oil Kings, a big, heavy winger. You know, they got all the different elements and all the different types of players that help you be successful as a team. I don't think it's going to be any less so with Zachary Bolton. Yeah, and, and I think that that's a really good example. You named some uh, really interesting names that I, I don't think anybody would uh, be afraid to throw over the boards. I want to throw another name <laughs> out there. Uh, what about a guy like Ryan O'Reilly? Is there a little Ryan O'Reilly in Zachary Bolduke in that he can do a little bit of uh, everything um, as far as you know defensively, uh, defend and, and obviously dangle and, and score? Or is that a little too much of a, a comparison maybe? No, I don't think it's too much because what I would say, Dean, is, is if you can have attributes that are like Ryan O'Reilly's, like you, you should be celebrating that. Then, mm. I mean, Ryan O'Reilly is, is just such a strong two-way centerman. And, you know, the, his, his ability to impact the game in so many different ways is important to success. And, and certainly when we talk about Zachary Bolduc and I talk about his ability to play in multiple types of games and different types of situations in the game, and you bring up Ryan O'Reilly, that's a positive. Does that mean he's going to be Ryan O'Reilly? No, but like you take different elements of your, that you, from different players, and, and now you become your own unique player. But it's never a negative, and certainly when you mention Ryan O'Reilly and you talk about you know Zachary being able to process the game and think about different situations and play 
in, in, in those areas of the game that aren't just about scoring. I, I think that's a great compliment, and I think that that's apropos uh, with Zachary Bolduck to, to mention uh, Ryan O'Reilly and some of the attributes that he has that look like they're evident in Zachary's game. Now his uh, shot gets a lot of attention. People seem to talk about how how you know the release and everything. But is he a guy that is also not so one dimensional with the shot that he'll challenge the defenseman and and try to go around him or through him or whatever it might be as well? Well, again, it goes to for me when I watch Zachary play. He, he he's going to adapt to whatever the circumstances in front of him. So if he sees some space and an opportunity to shoot the puck from distance and he thinks he can, uh, you know, beat the goaltender and challenge the goaltender, he will. But if he sees he doesn't have the space, he's not going to just be focused in on the shot. He's going to maybe be focused in on making a play. Maybe he's going to focus in on trying to beat the defender or just try to take the defender out of position with a move. Certainly, you know, when you can, I call it thinking in real time and processing in real time, adjusting in real time. The, the top players do that. You know, they see something and they go, okay, I got to do this. And, and and then they do it. Players that like kind of, you know, when they, when they just have a single-minded focus and they can't adjust on the fly, they're not going to be able to take advantage of changing circumstances. Zachary Bolduck absolutely can. He can do it with a shot. And, and one thing I will say, you know, it's always, it's always interesting. It's always, always interesting to think about uh, about players. And I'll tell you what, with the rare, rare, rare exception, there's not one player being drafted in the NHL draft that doesn't have to improve a shot. Just about all of them shots are average, average. That doesn't mean that they were, I, I, I'm talking about projecting to the NHL. I'm not saying they were average in junior or that you couldn't beat a goaltender, but for the most part, their, their shots are average. Sidney Crosby scored 65 goals, I think 70 goals, right? And his shot was average. What did he do? All he did was work on it. Connor McDavid, his shot was average. Had to work on it. Doesn't mean that you that it's going to be uh, weak when you get to the NHL or average. But for the most part, unless your name's Austin Matthews, you know, very or Alexander Ovechkin, very, very few players in their draft year have, have, have NHL quality shots. And even those players are constantly working on their shots as well. Brett yes. Hall, you know, went 86 goals and just worked on that one-timer as much as he could and back in the day. So even the greatest players are constantly working on it. Uh, okay, I want to ask you something. Uh, we saw uh, earlier this season people were questioning – Connor Bedard. I had people asking me, is this guy really deserve exceptional status? And then we saw what he did at the World Juniors. We saw that goal, that exceptional, amazing goal he scored the other night. Uh, and now I'm hearing some rumblings about Shane Wright. Oh, is Shane Wright not having this great of a season? Or does he still the number one pick? What do you, what do you make about, and, and, and as a scout, how do you feel when kind of these early conversations come up or these, these conversations about players? Is it healthy to have them? Uh, is it, uh, you know, being too critical? What, what's your mindset on that? I'm coming up really close to my camera. You see me rolling my eyes? Can you see yeah. me rolling my eyes and shaking my head? and everything? That's what I'm doing, Dean. Because scouting, like, you know, it, it's not an exact science. I mean, that goes without saying. I mean, that's, that, that's very obvious. 
But too much of the time, you know, and, and, and I've seen it for years. I've seen it with, with people I've worked with. I see it to this day. It's like, oh, guy had a good game. He's a good player. Oh, he didn't do what I thought he would do. He's not a good player. Your job as a scout is to assess the skills and the attributes that a player has and then ask yourself, okay, how does that project to the NHL in time? Remember, you're, you're evaluating 17 and 18 year olds that have lots of maturity ahead of them in many areas, physical, mental, and, and, uh, and emotional. So that's what your job is. Like you're telling me that if you go to a game, like I'll just use an example. So if you go to a game and Wayne Gretzky uh, is playing as a junior and he only gets one assist, does that mean that he, he's not a good player? That's not your job. Your job is, and, and I'm telling you, I, I, I see it and I hear it all. You know how easy it is to just look at the stat sheet and say, oh, this. Connor McDavid in his very first game in his draft year, we went to Erie. Oh, maybe it wasn't Erie. Maybe it was, maybe it was Saginaw. Anyway, we went to watch his very first game. And in his draft year, this is his third year in the OHL after having exceptional status. Now, I can tell you this. He had one assist in that first game. And I can tell you he created or had 18 grade A scoring chances. 18. He wasn't able to score. He wasn't able to have his teammates score. All I know is, as you're watching the game, it was brilliant. The same thing happened when I was watching Alexi Lafreniere in November of 2019. He had one assist in a game. I'm hearing the scouts, well, oh, geez, he didn't give you very much. And I, again, I had like all kinds of great chances he created, hit the post, did this. I went back and watched the video and I said, yeah, but you know what? If you want to have the conversation about, okay, you think his skating is good. Is the skating that good? Uh, you think his shot is good. You you think his hockey sense is good. If you're if you're gonna have the discussion about the attributes, that's fine. But when I hear the comments, well, I expected more out of Shane Wright. What the hell did you expect? Tell me what you expected. What you didn't play? I, I, I told this story many times about my dear friend Les Jackson, who you know very well, you know, and was just a, a an unbelievable mentor and teacher for me. We had a scout and he started doing some crossover work and we asked him to go and watch some of the top players and we come to our meetings and well he didn't play very good for me oh he didn't play very good for me he didn't play very good for me finally les turned to him and he said i have a, I have a suggestion for you next time we send you out to watch these players that we've been watching that we're trying to evaluate at the upper part of our draft list top 30 40 guys he says can you phone the player ahead of time and tell them you're going to be there? Maybe he'll play good for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and you get into the, you I can fall into those. Day, Dean. I hear it to this day. Oh, like, are you concerned about Shane Wright? No. Well, why, well, why not? Because he does this, 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 and that. Well, you know what? He, he, he's, he's only 17th in league scoring. Who cares? If you watch the game or you looked at the stat sheet, like it's a joke. Honestly, you know, I like, I'm like, so seriously, Connor Bedard, like, I know, yeah, like, seriously, oh, just please. Yeah. Please. I, I, I roll it, my eyes, I shake my head. <laughs> uh, sorry, Craig, I had to wind you up a little bit because I knew when I heard that the other day, the first thing I thought of was you. Was yeah. you uh, and, and listen, if, if there are scouts out there that want to look at Shane Wright and think he's not everything, all the power to him. It's all their opinion. 
and you know I value your opinion and other opinions that that I lean on and that you know that just makes me happier because then you know as a UFHL franchise owner it means less people I might have to bid on to try to get Shane Wright so let me tell you let me go back a little bit in time here so when Shane Wright was first coming up. I saw Shane play at 14 years of age with the Don Mills Flyers in, in, uh, in, in U, U16. So I'm watching him play, and, and immediately, what do people start to do? They start to say, oh, he's, he's like Sidney Crosby. Well, I'm watching Shane Wright, and I'm going, no, he's not Sidney Crosby. Over-projection. Over-projection, okay? Back to what we talked about earlier. Now you got an over-projection challenge. So now, like, I'm going, no, he's not Sidney Crosby. Like, and, and almost from the get-go, watching Shane play, all I saw was Patrice Bergeron. I really did. That I mean, almost it was almost like instantaneous. I go, geez, uh, the way he plays the game it reminds me so much of Patrice Bergeron. I remember when he started playing junior in Kingston, and I went back to some of my notes on Patrice Bergeron his draft year. And I was just looking at some of the notes, and I'm like, yeah, like this is this is what I see. So now... So if you go in thinking, and people are saying, oh, he could be the next Sidney Crosby, like, and, and you go and watch him, and he's not Sidney Crosby, I, I can understand how people go, oh, geez, uh, I was expecting something more. Well, great. Somebody set up a projection or a description of something that wasn't accurate, you know? So at, this, so at the end of the day, you know, that's not on Shane Wright. And so I understand that part of it, over-projection, you know, saying what a player is. So I watch Shane play, and I think he'll be a star player, like Patrice Bergeron, who's going to the Hall of Fame, okay? And, and, and people – so if, if you say that you're getting that type of a player and, and you watch him play and you say that's what he is, now let's talk about it, okay? Like if you think he's Sidney Crosby, well, then we, we need to have a different discussion. What, what type of player? This is part of scouting. First thing you got to do is, is what type of player is this? Okay, do his skills meet that type of player? To what extent do those skills, you know, fit the description in that type of a player? And then you evaluate from there. But when you start with the wrong type of player, guess what? You, you're you already on shaky ground. You're in quicksand at that point in time. And inevitably, this is what ends up happening. I've used the line, I, I kept hearing this. Oh, the gap is being closed on uh, on Shane Wright. And all I know is, is for consecutive Olympics, I heard about how all the sprinters in the world were closing the gap on Usain Bolt. All I know is Usain Bolt crossed the finish line first with the gold medal around his neck at all those Olympics. So Shane Wright, I, I, I've seen all the players. I've seen them lots. I have not seen a better player than Shane Wright. And I know I'm not going to for the 2022 draft. Great stuff as usual, Craig. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Can't wait to chat next week. Thank you, Dean. This is a serious message. Craig Button joins us on the Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports Hotline. Become a scout and make money while providing prospects to the Ultimate Franchise Hockey League. Pay that man his money. I'm your huckleberry. Check out the details at www.uffsports.com. It's serious. I like it a lot. I said we got to win it. UFFS, you own the game. Always fun to chat with Mr. Craig Button. Uh, no matter what we're talking about, I always. 
always have uh, a great time chatting with my good friend. In the next little while, you'll be able to pick Craig's brain. and call it Craig's Council. Story time and scouting tips. And, and he tries to give scouting tips all along the way as we go, but these can be specific to what you want to know about. If there's a story that you want to hear about at a player that Craig drafted or scouted or you know was involved with, if there's a tip on what you should be looking for, what he looks for, how he scouts, this will be huge for the scouts in the UFHL uh, as far as um, you know scouting your prospects. You can even ask about specific players if you want to, and Craig can give a review on that. So if you do have a question send it to us through email tracking the draft at gmail.com that's tracking the draft at gmail.com and we'll add it to the list of uh, questions that we have from past shows that we didn't get to because all the time uh, something uh, we we get onto a bit of a tangent or some of the stories go really long and we can't fit them all in so tracking the draft at gmail.com if you have a uh, scouting tip question or a story that you want to deal with when we do Craig's Council. And in this show, as we mentioned earlier, proudly being broadcast on Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network, UFSN, we want to be your one-stop fantasy sports shop. Not only about the terrific leagues that we have and showcasing them so you can maybe get involved in that, but general fantasy as well. It doesn't have to all be about UFFS. If you have a fantasy show that you want to jump on board this train, we would love to chat with you. And if you want to do a show about one of our leagues or or if you're an owner in one of our leagues that's looking at doing your own franchise show, that is available for you as well. Please hit us up, UFSN at UFFSports.com. Follow at UFS Network on Twitter. The DMs are open. All right, that is going to wrap things up for us on another episode of Tracking the Draft with Craig Button, former GM of the National Hockey League's Calgary Flames, Stanley Cup champion as director of player personnel with the Dallas Stars and director of scouting for TSN. He's also a major part of Duckman's domination and he's the president of the hockey department for high-level scouting and a co-owner with East End along with myself and Ian Constable in the UFWJ. So Craig is definitely involved in UFFS and we are thankful that we have him on our team and he is here to provide all kinds of information for the many scouts of the platform as well. This has been Tracking the Draft with Craig Button. I'm Dean Millard. The stars of tomorrow are discovered and discussed here. We will chat with you again next week.